the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello and welcome to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, which you can download for free on the BBC Essex website. That's bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. I'm Ken Crowther and coming up on the podcast this week, Dave Gillam is my special guest. As well as answering your gardening questions on all things from lawns to apples to aces, we'll also bring some top tips on things you can be getting on with in the garden, plus Plant of the Week feature, all exclusive to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Hi, hi Ken and Dave. Uh, Morning. I wanted to graft some apples onto another apple trees. Uh, when do I do it? I saw a programme on the BBC the other week and it was about grafting apples, but they didn't say when. <sighs> you need the, the dormant wood, but you still need some sap. Um, so I'm just trying to think, when you, you do it normally, late winter, surely, for the sap to rise spring. in. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of those. That you, it depends how many goes you've got at it, but um, you could try some. I wouldn't do it now. I, don't, I think you're you're on the wrong side of winter, really. There's no sap Just movement. Get the worst side out of the other side of winter. Bit of sap movement, but not actually coming into growth. Um, and they're probably so you February time, really end of February, March. February. Oh, Alan, what Alan, what are you trying to do? Just out of interest. Uh, well, I saw this program on the A to Z of gardening, and it said about apples. And this guy was grafting different apples onto different under an apple tree. He had two hundred and fifty different kinds of apple on one tree. And I thought <laughs> well, that sounds interesting. I've got four apple trees, and I thought, you know, I'd try the same thing. Good for you. You've got to be careful with the varieties and the vigour of the varieties, because I mean, we we do family trees that have two or three varieties on one tree. Um, but normally, if one of them happens to be a Bramley, in in the end, the Bramley takes over. So you've got to oh, be, no. you know, look look at the vigor vigor of the tree and try to match them up if you can. Two I've got at the moment is uh, a Discovery and a James Grieve. Uh, those are the two I know. I don't know the other names. They're probably all right. They'd be quite compatible because neither of them are really that bad. No. Right, OK. I've got a quick, three other quick questions. Go uh, for when it. When do I just top the tops off Noreen's? Uh, once the flowers have dropped, only we've got them now, they've no. got like five and six spikes on the top. Shall I, just I like to let them off? I like to let them run back, don't yeah. you? Yeah, you, what you can do, as soon as the flowers are finished, you can just pinch the flower head itself off, but it's ideally like you want yeah. the stem and the leaves to yeah. retract back into the bulb to help build it up for next year. Yeah, and also on a fuchsia, on some of them, they've got uh, blackberries on the ends of them. Seeds, they, yeah. Uh, uh, seeds for next year. Seeds, or, or, and or they're, actually, they're actually edible as well. Are they? Yeah. Yeah, if you want to. I don't know, it tastes very I'll nice, but... Yeah. <laughs> but they're just I'll, seed I'll heads. I'll try anything. Actually, I, last week I picked up 50 figs off my tree, second cropping. That's, wow. You're lucky getting second crop like that. That's good. Yeah. Any more questions? No, that's all for this week. Alan, thank you very much indeed for your call. And uh, nice to hear him getting figs already as well. Uh, you know, figs so late in the season, isn't it? Yeah, the second mm. lot. lot. Yeah. Lucky to get one lot. <laughs> Vine Westcliff. What you got for us, Wyatt? Vine? Oh, you know my name then. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Morning. Uh, at the beginning of this year, I bought a beautiful white chrysanthemum. Um grew well and it died off and I left it in the pot to die and when I turned it out I've got now got six plants off of that plant mm-hmm. they're all not white they're deep pink sometimes the cold can affect it does, the, the, it? the flower so it's a, you know if there's a cold effect on the flower white ones tend to go pink it's a reaction thing um, it probably will be white in normal conditions because um, I doubt I don't think they ever graft Cousins, which would be the only reason you'd have a different, proper different colour. Was it like a, a house plant, or was it bought as an outdoor plant? No, I bought it from a big store in town, and um, it's a, it was such a beautiful plant, and white colour was beautiful. Yeah. I put two into the ground, and I've got four in pots, and they're all blooming. Yeah, no, they will, they will change colour as we get the cold weather. The only thing you've got to do is just try to protect them a bit to, if you want to get them through the winter. If they're a mum type, little squat plants, yeah. Um, yeah. they quite often throw new shoots up and you can get them through the winter if they don't get I, too wet. Do I bring them in in the winter, the pot plants, or not? 
Well, yeah. the ones I would, if they're in the pots, I'd bring them in or perhaps protect them. But the ones in the ground, leave them. And normally they do pop up again in the spring. But they would yeah. be a little bit out of timing if you've brought them early in the year in flower. Yeah. You know, that it'll take them a little while to settle, settle down. Okay, thank you very much. That's all right. That's what we're here for. And we now talk to Hilary in Halstead. It's all very rhymey, isn't it, Hilary in Halstead? <laughs> Good morning, Ken and Dave. Good morning. Um, I've just a quick question. I've got uh, 15 sweet potato vine cuttings. They've all rooted, and I'm going to pot them up now. Um <laughs> I know I've got to control them Um, but I was going to put them in the back bedroom where it's warm and light or Mm. would they be alright in the greenhouse Um, there is a small heater in there if the greenhouse is frost free they'll probably be best in the greenhouse are you going to grow them in a container are you? yes yes. Um, so normally (laughs) you'd do this in the spring Spring. to harvest in the autumn so You've got a bit of a task to uh, keep them going through the winter. With the light levels, isn't yeah. it? Hence the greenhouse will probably be better. Yeah. Um, and just sort of, you can pinch those the vines back because they will sort of want to sprawl around yeah. um, just to keep them under control and then get them in the ground in the spring. But they're not um, frost hardy. So no. if they do get a frost when you plant them out, then it will knock the foliage back. Quite often they grow again, but it's a bit of a... Bad time of year, really. You, sh- you know, you should start it's, in the spring. It's an experiment, really. You know? <laughs> and it worked that and, you got them. Yeah. Well, and I uh, just love trying things like that, you know, and mm. didn't expect them all to root, especially I had one long one, which I cut into three, and all of those have rooted. Yeah. It'd be worth um, perhaps trying to take a few more cuttings off of the plants that you've got later in the year, you know, once we get into the new year. Yeah. And, and if the, the early ones don't, go through you've got a backup yes right well thank you very much for your help can you hillary let us know how they get on and whether they actually produce anything a bit later on because as we said we you've got a struggle light levels in the greenhouse will be better than yeah. in, indoors and yes. uh, see how you go keep us in touch yes i will steve in colchester hello steve uh, before i go to the question you're the reason why i've got an allotment i've had it 18 years good Still man Go and get an allotment, so I have, <laughs> and I and I swear at you every day. <laughs> <laughs> so have you got a question for um, us, Steve? Yeah, yeah, sure. I've got um, I've planted a couple of horseradishes plants about March April time. Yep. And I'm just worried about um digging it up and digging up the whole room. Um, I probably wouldn't dig it up this year. No, it's too early, too young. Okay. So I'd leave it another right. year and then perhaps autumn next season. Then you can split it. You can dig you? it up, split it and replant the chunk. Oh, sorry. Okay, then lovely. Thank you. Okay, have a good drive. Be careful. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Ray in Averley. Hello, Ray. Good morning, gentlemen. What are we talking about today? Right. Um, I have a palm in my front garden that's grown into a bit of a beast. <laughs> okay. Um, it's got a fibrous uh, trunk and the palms come out obviously the leaves come out 22 fronds on each leaf mm-hmm. with thorns on the back Right, and it's now had another, another another younger one's come out at the bottom good yeah. yep now it's it's east facing sheltered by the house but it's now about 9 foot high and about 12 foot wide can I lift it? Can I separate them and can I move it? Uh, I wouldn't try moving it. No. I think one you'll end up causing yourself an injury because they're quite vicious with the thorns on them. But it's been in yeah. there a while and it, it won't like moving, will it? It won't like moving. You can. The young one he could take, yeah, couldn't he? You can try um, winkling the, the young one off the side because um, it normally yeah. will be attached but it will start having its own roots. Um, so you could sort oh, of right. take that off, pot that up, um, and keep it protected. But again, if if unless you've got a greenhouse, I would probably wait until the other side of winter to do that. Yeah, well, this thing I've never looked after it. It's had snow coating it all over, <laughs> and it just carries on. It sounds like a shamrops, which with Quite that furry we'll stem, and, and the, yeah, they're they're tough. Um, but you know, they are they are a bit spiky. I used to have one in the front garden, which until my youngest boy fell off his bike into it 
and then it went. Yeah, all, all, <laughs> all the spike, all the thorns are on the back of the uh, stem of the of the palm leaf. Yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's so the shamrocks. If you're, you can call it by its name now, you know now, <laughs> shamrocks. Oh, well, like, I've called I've called it lots of things. Think of a chamois leather, and you, you'll get somewhere near it. All <laughs> oh, right, okay then. All right then. Right, that, thanks very much. That's a pleasure. They are palm trees that put up with everything, isn't it? Fantastic, <laughs> you see. And he's got one that is big, isn't that's it? That's quite big for that. Is those, big. Yeah. Back to your gardening questions in a moment, but right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, we've got some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden this week. It's got to be easy, isn't it? Got to start with dahlias. Oh, I thought you might. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's times of year we can do stuff, and there is that. They're in the garden. They've been flowering for a long time. They're probably quite gangly plants. Hopefully, you've kept them supported. For me, it's too early to lift them yet. Um, they haven't really ripened off. Say so now, you don't want to cause damage to the roots or the plant, and you'd be safer just to cut the plant pretty much in half. Right. So to reduce most of the rubbish, it's also good when the frost comes and it gets black and slimy that you're not handling all that messy plant could you leave them to keep flowering if you're going to leave them in the ground then cut them by half wait for the frost because the frost will basically tell the plant it's time to not be growing then cut it down quite hard to the ground um, and cover with mulch bit straw so it's an either or really it's either or if you're going to lift them then really i would wait till november okay and if we haven't had a frost till november probably still be fine because they'd be cold and they would have stopped growing, and that's when you would then lift them up. Um, don't wrap them in paper. Don't bury them in compost. Just keep them open. Shake most of the soil off. I wouldn't advise washing them, because you're going to add water to something that you're trying to get the water out, and just let the soil that remains to dry off naturally and let them dry down slowly. Plenty of air and frost-free. So you don't really need to cover them in, th- in no, something? No, because if you cover them, you'll restrict the airflow. And then that will encourage mould. And these stems on dahlias, especially if you've been looking after them, are quite watery and they're the bit that rots. And if the stem rots, the eyes can sort of rot with it. So keep them open, keep them turned, let the soil fall off as it dries. Should get you through. Sounds good to me. Thank you, Dave. And we'll have more top tips for the next seven days later on in the podcast. And we're going to John in Brentwood, aren't we, John? Hello, Logan, yes. Hi. Hi there, hi there. Um, yeah, so I've uh, just recently purchased a, a rhododendron, a, a red jack. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in uh, the ground sort of next spring now because I've got prepared the ground and everything. But uh, I was just wondering what to do with it in the moment. I've got some fleece and that. Leave it outside or put it in the greenhouse? Neither. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say neither. Yeah, I would just get it planted. What, what's going to stop you preparing the ground? I've got a, a bit of room I've got to make and everything sort of oh, this right. is quite a to leave it outside before, yeah, just it? leave it outside in the pot it's in um, until and get out there and do the garden get it ready <laughs> <laughs> it's best place to be in the ground don't don't take it inside into the greenhouse because it, you'll end up collie modelling it it won't want to then go through its normal normal thing they're a hardy plant they will take what what is thrown at them um, oh. if, if it get really bad cold or, or wind or something just move it near the house but um, do nothing all our roadies are set outside on the benches all winter um, with no help. Oh, right. So, oh, that's fair enough then. Okay, then, so I'll just leave it in its pot then and, and keep yep. it here and bring it up warm if it gets that cold. Sort Best thing, thing yeah. you can do is, when, is get it in the ground, really, so it can start making roots. When, when do you pre- think you're going to do the work in the garden, John? Uh, we'll start next uh, spring because we've got lots of things, uh, other things to get uh, done sort of thing. So, yeah, definitely going in next spring. It, okay. might, it might be worth pop, potting it up. It's in a pot at the moment, but... If it's a pot that you buy it in, they're only ever grown to, to be sold in that size, not if, necessarily yeah, kept gonna, in that size. If it's going to sit there all winter, you could put it in Just the next one up. put it in a up. bigger pot and then it'll make a bit of growth and you'll have a bigger plant to plant rather than the one you brought. Oh, well, I can do that then. Yeah, that's yeah. smashing in. Oh, so it's just an extra uh, size pot up, yeah? Yeah, yeah. just a couple of inches bigger, and, uh, that'll help. And, John, I don't know whether you heard me saying, but I'm not I'm not trying to push you and I'm not trying to force you into anything, but winter is the best time to work on your garden. It really is. So although you're saying, yes, you're doing the spring, if you work on your garden through the winter and you're then ready to go in the spring and it really does help. Right. 
Okay. Okay. Unfortunately, I've got other things to sort out. Of <laughs> no, yes. No, that's what I was saying. I said I wasn't being rude. I was just saying, as a general rule, it is the best way to do it. OK, that's John? Fine now, but, yeah, I'm, I'm normally pottering out in the garden. No, Good for this you. year I'm not. I've got other things sort yeah. to sort out. Like. <laughs> Look but, after that rhododendron, and it will be fine, ready for the spring. OK, John? That's great, then. Thanks very much, then. Pleasure. And we now go to Pam in Rittle. Hello, Pam. Good morning. Um, I have a Wigilia, which has been with me for, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years now. Okay, yeah. Um, I know we had to move it about three or four years ago, but it was fine. And But this year, it bloomed beautifully in the spring, and then suddenly, about two months ago, it started to die, and the leaves have all sort of gone dark brown, almost black. And um, I'm just wondering if it's succumbed to a very dry summer or whether I leave it. Hope to cut it back and hope it might do something in the spring, or just sounds like a bit of each. Sounds like a bit of each, doesn't it, Dave? Really? Yeah, it it probably has just got got cooked a bit in the summer, Um, and and really your best bet with it is is as you say, just to to cut it back, um, tidy it up, and and see where it regrows. It probably will regrow, but whether it'll grow from the tips or, or lower down in the plant. Okay. Does that help? I mean, should I should I sort of should I water it? Give it plenty of water now, could, or is it too late? Is the damage done? Well, the ground isn't that wet at the moment, so it wouldn't hurt. It certainly wouldn't no, hurt, but okay. I wouldn't do too much through the would winter. You, would you cut it half out, or would you leave the new growth from this year? Is there new growth for this year? from this year? Doesn't seem to be an awful lot, no. No. No, it's so just uh, probably me, just a I'm general thinking, chop. Well, uh, if, if it's going to die anyway, uh, if I cut it back and it still dies, yeah. well, yeah. I've yeah. really yeah. lost it. You've got no, nothing to lose and something to no. gain. Okay. okay, thank you so much. That's a good one. That's Pam. That's quite true, isn't it? I just didn't know whether it had any new growth, but it doesn't, it doesn't it sound very sound happy like at all, all, does it? Scorched. Joe, Leon C, we're talking lawns, aren't we, Joe? Yes, please. <laughs> um, good, mo- good morning. Hi. Um, my front lawn gets the sun all the time. Yeah. Now, this year it's just been scorched. I've scarified it, but the weeds are doing fine, and the baby violas are now very pretty. Is it worth doing anything with it, or should I just give up and start again? Um, <laughs> depends if you like the weeds or not, doesn't it? Um, well, they're very can, pretty. Yeah. Uh, really, it's, we were just talking about it earlier. That yeah. it, it's getting a bit late to start seeding, but you can probably still get away with it. Your best action would be, um, to as you've raked it and you've got all the rubbish out of it as such, would be to, to get a bit of seed down. Um, and see if you can germinate some new grass ready for the spring. It's whether you want to try and get rid of the weeds first. Which is often a good yeah. bet, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then overseed, because you only need to let it take action, perhaps give it a week, and then you can seed it. Would you... Weed, lawn weed killer, which I've been doing a bit of lately, um, it will still work. It's a bit slow. Yes. It's getting late in the season because the, the weed growth is again dropped away a bit, hasn't yeah, it, Dave? Yeah, weed killers work best the quicker the plant is growing. Yeah. Um, but it will still work and you can apply it. Um, and once it's applied, if you use it as a spray, it only really goes in through the leaf. Um, and then it wouldn't hurt once it's, you know, give it a week and then you can overseed and the weeds should continue to die and you've got half a chance of the, the, the new seed growing. How about that, Joe? <laughs> It's worth giving it another go then. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to start again. You'll find start some will again. will grow, but it might might as well sort of have a go now and see what happens. All right. Well, if we're having these really hot summers now, have you got yeah. any suggestions? As I get the sun on it all the time in the summer, <laughs> what would be best? <laughs> can you go, can you go some of these other grasses, these unusual ones that they talk about, um, buffalo grass and stuff like that? That's from abroad. You or, can, but they're not, not very nice, are they? They're, they're not. They're not nice to walk on. They don't look great, do no, they? No, um, the only there is only one thing, and that is water. Um, I mean, good lawn care will mean the roots are a bit deeper in the soil, so that will make it slightly less uh, drought prone. Um, but really, it is just water. And... Well, not only after watering it every day, no. <laughs> no, no, but sometimes once okay. a week, it just helps it tick good, through. Good soak once a week is better than watering it daily. Oh, right. OK. Well, right. give it a go and see what happens. <laughs> and anyway, Joe, with our weather pattern that we get, who knows what's going <laughs> to happen next year? I like it, your hot prediction for yeah, next year. It could, could rain all summer, couldn't it? We never know, do we? And we go to Stan in Hatfield-Peverell. Hello, Stan. 
Good afternoon, Ken. How are you? Oh, we're fine. And you? Come on, oh, summer. Up, you're not up under strain. You're not um, still. Are you still picking raspberries then? No, not still picking them. I was over there the other day over my allotment, and yep. there's quite a lot of dead wood. And I cut all the old dead wood about, and there's a few uh, new shoots coming up in between the old roots. I was wondering if I could dig the whole plot up and save the the newer ones, yeah. and then sort of re. Uh, uh, put more some good uh, well rotted manure down and then replant the the newer canes. It's yeah, it's probably a good idea. I mean, raspberry beds over over the years do end up getting a bit congested and they keep spreading out sidewards normally, um, and end up wider than you ever you ever want them to. Yeah. So as long as they're not diseased, no. it's worth using your, your own yeah. stock, isn't it? And and if yeah. it, they're obviously this year's shoots, so they will be next year's fruit. So they're the oh. right bits. It's no different to buying your raspberry canes. In the autumn, spring, and planting them. So yeah, no reason. Go okay, so, so well rotted manure would be okay to mix up in the, the soil I've already got there. Yeah, you don't make sure it's it's only manure and not got mushroom compost or anything like that. No, this is a uh, horse, really... horse manure. It's about three years old. Yeah, that'll be that'll be lovely. Just just the job. Right now on the BBC House's Gardening Our podcast, myself and Dave have got some more top tips. Now, Dave, you've got a greenhouse. And you've either got soil in the floor of the greenhouse or perhaps big, heavy, deep trays. You could still grow a bit of winter lettuce, maybe some radish or some cut and come again. And I've even tried growing spinach in the past. That grows quite well. And you get just the leaf of the spinach, yeah. which you can then use in your, in your salads. So you shouldn't give up completely, if no. you, even if you've got no heat in your greenhouse, No, I mean, you? things like that will keep it going. The only thing... you really this time of year before we start piling in loads of stuff into the greenhouse to keep it protected. Oh, what do you got for me then, now? This is going to be hint number two. Come on, <laughs> hit, number hit two me with it. Is give it a good clean because there'll be stuff in there. Normally we've left old plants in there for the summer that we're not using. They mm. might have had a bit of green fly on them. You can still get the old sulphur bombs, but you must use those on an empty greenhouse, not on a greenhouse with plants in. Good clean, bit of jays on the glass. Clean the glass. If you That's used... really important, isn't it? Well, it is because... It, you know, we we cover it with whitewash to stop the sun getting in there and getting too hot. In the winter, the light levels are lower. And if we want to grow stuff and keep it ticking, we need as much light as possible. Contra to that, if you want to keep it warm, you can then put bubble wrap on there to keep the, the warm, but you will lose a little bit of light. So it depends how deep your pockets are. If you want to spend money heating a greenhouse that is well lit through the natural sun or save a few pennies, but you will lose a bit of light. But make sure it's clean. And ready to go because once you start moving stuff in, they won't be empty again until the spring. So it sounds like cleanliness, which it actually <laughs> is interesting because cleanliness in gardens generally, yeah. including the greenhouse, is so important, isn't it? It is. You don't want to start with problems. William from Wivenhoe. We're talking uh, fruit trees again, aren't we, William? That's right, yeah. I bought uh, six patio fruit trees this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, they didn't fruit, but they, they grew quite well. Mm-hmm. What I need to know is what do I do... Uh, to overwinter them, do right. I prune them back? Okay, or... tell us, tell us what you got, William. What, what do you got? Are they apples, pears, peaches? What I've are got? They? I've got an apple. I've got a pear. I've got a plum, a cherry, a nectarine, and an apricot. <laughs> you got a full set. <laughs> well, I've got an orchard. <laughs> <laughs> the orchard on the patio. Um, yeah. I would. I don't know that I'd do much at all. No. To shape shape the apples if they're a bit if they've got if you get any strong shoots that you know where they're a water shoot as I call them. Have they done that at all? The apples. Have they shoot it? Shoot no, yeah. shoots on them. No. Have they got long shoots that are outside the sort of the shape of the shape. tree? Yeah. They'd be worth yeah. Pruning that, back those by would be third. worth pruning back. Um, much with the rest of it, I would just leave them be until. You know, another year. So they be all out on the patio, don't they? Oh, yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah. They're all hardy, they're all fine, they're, they'll get by. You normally cause oh. more problems by trying to protect them than you do letting them get through the winter. Oh, right. Um, and do, I, do I prune in spring or something? Right. No, you can prune as soon as the leaves fall off the apples yeah. and the pears. If they've got yeah. these tall shoots, cut them in, what, half yeah, on a patio tree? Half the cut patio. them in half, the long shoots. Yeah. And you must never prune a stone fruit. So that's your apricot, wasn't it? Apricot, cherry Literally. and plum. Yep. Leave all those alone. They must never be pruned at this time of year because of disease. You prune right. those when they're just after fruiting. Right. 
And really, again, as Dave keeps saying, a patio fruit tree, you just prune to shape. You yeah. don't worry about, you know, the, the sort of complex way of pruning a big fruit tree. Right, okay. That's lovely. And enjoy. And in fact, you know, you sound like you're going to have a feast. Sounds like we're going to get a fruit bowl sometime. Yeah. Fruit bowl? <laughs> yeah. Is that all right, well, William? Yeah, you can have a fruit bowl. As long as they come out, nothing's <laughs> come out this year. But I thought it was the first year. Didn't worry too much. Yeah. They, they don't always on are the they, patio fruit. Are they in the original pots or have you potted them up? No, I've potted them up into larger pots. Yeah. Good. Yeah, they'll take a year to think about it, and I'm sure you'll get a good crop next Let's year. Give them a good handful of bone meal or something, bluefish and bone in the spring. Yes, we're going to start Only in, in the spring, that is. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be growing now, so there's no gain. But as soon as we perhaps get into the end of Feb, March, just a good dusting of, of bluefish and bone will grow more and a good water, and that'll help them wake up. Oh, it's oh, brilliant. Lovely. And Anna is in Newmarket, aren't you, Anna? I Hello, Anna. Indeed. This hideous summer we just had killed my grass. Yes. Completely dead because my garden about 30 years ago was a car park, and I've got. <laughs> just the topsoil thrown on top of a car park. Right. And I'm trying to nurse it back to life, and I have a forest of forget-me-nots. They're pretty, though, aren't they? No. Sorry, just a joke there. (laughs) They're a lovely thing, and at least it's green, and you might get some blue flowers as well. Um, Just treat them, they're a weed, so treat them like a lawn weed, really, so you can use a lawn weed killer um, and, and spray them. You might have to do it a couple of times because it depends at what stage they're at and whether they've re- you know, self-seeded. Um, they're self-seeded and they are looking very healthy and they're too low for the mower to chop their heads off. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I would use um, a weed killer. They're not normally that low, forget-me-nots. It, it might be pearl, yeah. It sounds more like pearl wool. Has it got a small, very small blue flower? They're not in flower as yet, but no. they look to me exactly like forget-me-nots. Okay. Um, well, anyway, whether they're forget-me-not or anything else that's weed, it's it's like you say, it's a selective lawn weed killer, yes. isn't it? Yeah, so it'll only kill the broadleafed weeds, whatever they may, you know, any weed that's got a broad, broad leaf, and it won't kill any grass that you might still have. May I do that now, please? You can, yeah. It just take a bit longer to work. It, you know, normally you see signs in a week with things like that, but it just take longer because they're not growing so fast. But there's no reason to to not do it. All right. Thank you very, very much. That's Thank a, you. Best of luck with your lawn there. I think lawns, lawns, and more lawns, <laughs> don't you? It's like that. Tony from Colchester's not talking about lawns. You're talking about bulbs, aren't you, Tony? Uh, yes, I'm wondering if you could help me. It's a smashing programme. I really enjoy it every Good. Saturday. Um, I'm a bit worried about my hyacinths, which they've, I, I want them in a largish um, bowl. They're all about 10 or 12 inches wide, and I've put five bulbs per bowl, so the four around the outside and one in the middle. Mm-hmm. And they said cover them, uh, well, water them slightly, cover them over with dark sheeting, and then put them in the cool dark um, for a few weeks until they sprout. Well, when I went to look at them just now, I'm a bit worried because they look as though they're damping off slightly. They've got a bit of mould on some of them and the roots are sticking up through the top, so I've pushed the roots down a bit. Should I leave the cover off for a little while to let them dry out a bit more, do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, sometimes when we used to do it on the nursery with the bulbs, especially hyacinths, they were a real nightmare because you pop them in in an individual pot with a light compost and they come up like like a telescopic bulb because the roots grow out the bottom and it lifts the bulb out the compost. So we used to cover them in sand. Yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah. We used sand. It's to a cover them yeah. in sand to almost weigh the bulb down um, ah. in, in that. And that also creates that darkness. So it's a cover them in sand and a bit of straw over the top, but you'd probably use a bit of fleece. Um, sometimes it doesn't do that if you use a, a, a heavier compost, like, like John, a John in his compost. It keeps the bulb in, in, in the pot, but... Um, if they're getting a bit damp and it is airflow, uh, the bits sound like they've been in there for a decent length of time. It's probably worth bringing yes. them out uh, and seeing what they're doing and, and giving them a chance. Get some air to mould and it will disappear itself. Right, OK. And could I put just another sort of small, uh, short layer of um, fibre over the top of them? Because there's quite a bit of the bulb showing out. Yes, yeah, yeah. that'd be fine. Yeah. That won't hurt. No, that won't hurt them at all. You can go sort of a third the way up a bulb or half the way yeah. up a hyacinth and won't, you won't, won't hurt it. Uh, 
thank you very much indeed for your help. Thanks. That's a, that's a pressure. That's Tony in Colchester. And from Tony in Colchester, Dave in Ellscombe. Hello, Dave. Hello. Good morning to you both. Um, it's a, a small orange tree. I've had it, um, it must be about three years old. Last this spring, it uh, blossomed well. And there's three lovely little oranges on it, about the size, about an inch across. I've now brought it in after its summer holiday outside. I've brought it into a conservatory, and that's all come out and blossom again. Now, are they going to be any good? Every chance, every chance. They tend they do to do, do that. that. They yeah. flower and fruit at the and same time. You'll also find that it might drop some leaf because of the change of temperature as well, because yeah, they do that it. at the same time. Well, I have been feeding it with um, the citrus focus. Good. Because mm-hmm. um, some of the leaves were going yellow whilst it was outside during the summer, so I brought that in and fed it. And I wonder if that had promoted this blossom to come through or not. Well, no, I mean, quite often this time of year when we buy them, to, you know, to sell, they, they've, they've got fruit, they've and got flower. fruit and flower on them. And oh, they, okay. they just sort and would of go I need through. to pollinate it with a, a feather or something like that? I don't know. I, I think they tend, uh, a lot of them are self-pollinating. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, Most will bye. look after themselves. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a new one for me. I've been around for a good many years, so thank you very much. That's right. a pleasure. Peter from Colchester. Hello, Peter. Yeah, I both um, got a quick question about canna lilies and how to overwinter them. Okay. I left, I left some in last year, and they didn't come up this year, um, so I put some new ones in. What should I do this year? Um, are they in the ground? Or in a pot? They're in the ground. It's a bit harder to move them, isn't it, when they're in the ground? Yeah. I, I know people sometimes lift them and store them in a, in a greenhouse like you would a dahlia and so on, but that really causes as, can cause as much damage as, as leaving them in. The, the trick would be, one, that it's not the ground doesn't lay too wet in the winter, um, and you'll probably do well just to, to sort of almost earth over the... The, the crown of, of the plant with some compost or even a straw or something like that just to insulate uh, the buds because the buds tend to sit just under the surface um, of the soil and they can be then affected by the cold weather so it is probably just a case of a, a good deep mulch over the top will give them as much protection as mo- as anything really should, should I mulch them over the top then fleece them? If it's really cold but you'll probably find the mulch will do more um, protection than just the fleece. Okay, that's great because they're beautiful flowers, and I yeah. like to lose them again. Yeah, no, just cover them over. Um, you know, to, just to insulate the the, the crown. Oh, so what's the best thing to what just um, with with the new topsoil or yeah, or got anything free draining garden compost is quite good, or or just compost out the bag. Sometimes soil can get a bit soggy and and wet, yeah, and you're only wet. adding more wet sogginess than what you want so something free draining but a nice deep layer on the top yeah we'll do lovely thank you and, very much and hopefully you'll be more successful and we look forward to hearing from you next year with success let's talk to john in basildon about your plum tree tell us more uh, hello ken um, Hi. what it what is i've got a plum tree about four years four year old yep. and I, when all leaves dropped off i noticed all these little like um um, ladybirds, but they're brown, all up the stems, hundreds of them. Are they smaller than a ladybird? Yes, yeah, smaller than a ladybird, yeah. but, they, but they look like a brownie colour. Sounds like scale insects. When you pull it off, they're dry. Yeah, scale, that's scale. They're tiny, are they? Yes, yeah. yes. I'm just trying to think of something like like a lead of a pencil sort of thing, size, length. Yeah, yeah? a little bit bigger than that, but half a size of a, a ladybird, really. Yeah. It sounds like the old old, uh, shells of scale insects or there's been scale insects on there, especially on a youngish plant because they get on the the younger wood of the plant because it's a bit more sappy uh, than the rest. Yeah, hundreds of them. Yeah, they they sort of disguise well on the plum because it's dark dark stems on with with them as well. Um, Probably, I would imagine they they won't be alive now, but if they are, it'd be worth checking. Um, If they're a bit crusty, you'll know they're dead. What but can yeah, you do? Well, spray in the spring. Spray in the spring with uh, a good systemic insecticide just to try to keep clean, clean them. There up. is one that you can use on fruit trees, isn't yes, there? Still, there is. Yeah, yeah bug clear. I think bug clear ultra systemic is systemic. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, because uh, I didn't notice it, but when I looked at it, I thought it's hundreds of them. Yeah. I just picked them all off, and they just dry. They're like dry inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, that's what you got. 
Give it, uh, a go- lovely. Give it a go in the spring, John, and you'll be sorted out. Michael Thorpe sent us an email, ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk. Michael Thorpe, um, we reckon it's a cornice, don't we? Yes. He sent us a picture of a shrub that he keeps cutting down each year, and it doesn't grow that high, does it? No, no, it depends whether it's, it's a bit hard to know whether it's a ground cover one or not. Because he's cut it, cuts it, down. it down every year. Um, yeah, it looks like just one of the co- normal cornice plants. If it's the taller woody types, then... You, you should know, let you, it grow up a bit. Yeah, we do cut them every year, but you want them to grow fully in that one year so you can get some colour stems But on that it. is quite low. I reckon that's a ground cover it cornice. It probably is the, the ground cover one. OK, and we will try and fit in another couple of emails. I don't always get to the emails, but I do try and answer those from home if I don't get them. Let's now go to Canudon. Hello, Beverly. What have we got? I regularly feed the ducks and fish on our village pond. Yes. Um, But I've noticed in the last three days Mm -hmm. that the fish don't seem to be feeding. That's right. They're coming up to the surface and sort of taking the air. Yep. But they're not actually feeding. They don't. Should I stop? feeding yep. them. You find at this time of year fish do slow down, don't they, Dave, they do. on I'm their feeding? <laughs> oh, we are a fisherman. But they They're don't. Catch. They, they, no, they slow down their, yeah. their feeding, don't yeah, they? Yeah, so as the water cools down and the temperatures cool down, then they, they change really, their pattern yeah, completely. They're, they're, they're not digesting the food as quick, so they eat less. Um, they go right. into almost a dormant so, so. So if people with their own ponds will be doing exactly the same, yeah, they'd, they'd be, be reducing the amount less. of feed. And I think over the years, the fish have carried on feeding in some way through most of the winter because we haven't really had the harsh, the, the harsh enough winter. But yes. yeah, just, just ease, ease down. Fish put, normally put feed themselves. Put a little bit down. Um, well, if they're eating it, it's like, like when you have goldfish in a, in a bowl, you, you feed them and if there's still food left after, I think they say about 10 minutes, then you're giving them too much. All right, okay. okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Can I just ask another quick yep. Go for it. question? I have a, a plant that produces red stems in the winter. Cornus? No, it's not, not a willow and it's not a cornus. What do you want to know about it? Well, it's grown to about 11 foot high. Should I leave it at that for it to drop all its leaves? So that I then get 11 foot high red <laughs> stems. Um, it may be an acer. It could be a large acer. Sanger, the um, red stemmed acers. Yep. If it, is it like a, a tree shape, a bushy shape? So bits coming off as the stem goes up? Yes. It's acer. probably an acer. So yeah, you would normally leave that alone. Um, you can tidy it up, trim it for shape. Um, but the more the merrier on that one. You'd leave it right. and, and enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. That's Beverly, and we go to Terry in Chigwell. Hello, Terry. Oh, hi. Um, I wonder if you can help me at all, please. I bought a, a small chrysanthemum from a supermarket about 18 months ago. It was a tiny potted one. It was really pretty. It was in the garden. Yep. Um, eventually, it died off and went to like a... Best, best way to describe it was a, a wet mush, and I thought yeah. the whole thing had died. So I threw it on the garden and put some goodness back in the earth and it's rooted and it's it's gone absolutely berserk. <laughs> it's now about four foot tall. Yep. So I've faked it a little bit late. It's a little bit wobbly. Um, uh, the flowers are ready to come out but I'm just after some advice. What do I do when it finishes flowering to, to get the best out of it in future years really? Quite, quite simply, um, let it finish flowering and then cut it down and perhaps add a bit of mulch around the root just to get it through the winter. It's as cheap as that. And yes, they will grow, but they won't grow stunted like they were when you buy them from the supermarket. No, no growth regulator. We'll be back to your calls, texts and emails shortly, but let's take a final look at the top tip that Dave has for us this week. Lawns. They've had a bashing. <laughs> They've had a hell of time, haven't they? But... Um, if you have got a lawn and you come out of summer and there is a lawn there yep. now, probably want to help get it through the winter, and that's generally feeding. You can feed with the, the complete feeds. They don't have the weed killer in them. Um, the summer one does because effectively they, they won't work at low temperatures, but they will have moss control in there and they will feed the grass. They're a higher potash feed, so they're there to help the roots and help the grass be tougher through the winter so the winter doesn't affect it so much. Alternatively, you can always use bone meal that will do the same job and is actually a bit cheaper really um just scatter it over water it in and that will help build the roots and toughen the grass 
last chance saloon now, really. What's that for? Is if you haven't got a great ah. lawn, seed it. it's going to get cooler. The seed will slow down in germination anyway. But if you're going to seed, I'll get that done now so it can actually thicken up ready for spring next year. But don't do it much later because all you'll be doing is feeding the birds. And if not, you've got to wait till spring. Wait till the spring. Hey, on. Thank you, Dave. Now let's get straight back to your gardening calls. We go to Angela in Tolsbury. What trees are you cutting down, Angela? I've got a very tall tortured willow. Oh, yeah. And I used to have a eucalyptus shrub that's got out of hand, and that's about 10 foot tall now. And I'm also concerned, I've got a weeping silver birch, which has been in the garden for about 34 years, and it's really spread wide. Okay. So what? I want uh, what, what to do with the what time of year I should have uh, have them locked, and what to do about the silver birch. Well, if you're going to do that sort of pruning, you can probably pretty much do it any time of the year. Any time really, from now on, yeah, uh, definitely. On those, the birch don't always like being pruned. They're not a great tree for pruning. Um, perhaps you can remove pieces of it, but I wouldn't try to tr- trim the whole plant or the whole tree. Because they die back if you do that. Yeah? Okay. And the, the con- contorted willow, you can prune, as Dave said, any time of the year. Yeah. You can be right. ruth- And you can be ruthless. I know. It was just a twig. <laughs> <laughs> well, that twig will soon grow back again when you yeah. pruned it. Does that help you, Angela? Yes, and I wanted you to know my marines are out. Gorgeous, aren't so they? So are mine. <laughs> Noreen's are looking good this year. They're lovely. Yeah. Thank, thank you for your call, Angela, and thanks for letting us know, and I hope you get your trees cut down at the right time. Okay? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, we're going to talk orchids with Joe from Wickford. What would you like to know, Joe? Good morning. Um, I have a Phalaenopsis orchid. I've had several of them before. This one has keeps producing um, a colourless very sticky liquid uh, from the from the stem. I just wondered if you if you knew what was causing it. I can't see any any bugs or anything on it, and no. I've I've cleaned the leaves off, and but it's. Uh, it normally um, is bug related. Sometimes you can get the um, the aphid or the woolly aphid just sitting in the joint of the leaf, you know, tucked really? away, hard to see. Oh. But normally the sticky stickiness is. Is related to a bug in there somewhere, a little pest, but they can yeah. tuck right into the crown. Um, oh, right. And hard to see, you know. But so it's more likely to be at the base rather than at the top of the stalk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is there anything I can do? Um, you can give them a, a, a spray. You can get, we haven't got any now, but you can get an aerosol version of Provado, which is for indoor plants uh-huh. um, and doesn't uh, is fine on orchids. But I, I, you know, I personally, I would probably use most uh, insecticides on an orchid at its normal recommended rate, as long as you don't yeah. mm. you know, put one in for the pot. But uh, they, they normally get just tucked in where the leaf joints are, and you can't really see them. But you can't really yeah. see. No, there's no reason no, I, I otherwise. <laughs> yeah, but now, uh, there might be. I, I don't know any other reason for an orchid to have a you know stickiness to no. it without no, there I, being I haven't the had pest. that uh, with any of the previous orchids that I've had. Yeah. Never had that problem. Strange. So I'll have a look, or, or don't worry about looking, just treat them. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Okay, thanks a lot. Sid from Thundersley. We're talking about hornbeam seeds. Is that right? Yes, hello, Ken and Dave. Um, I'm next to a woodland with lots of hornbeam trees, and I thought about taking a seed from one and planting quite a few so I, uh, I could hedge, put a hedge round with them. And uh, I wondered if I take the the seeds with the wings if you call them that and then put them on some soil maybe in a pot uh should i keep them in a greenhouse or should i have them outside and uh the other alternative i thought of was um putting them i've heard about putting seeds in a fridge and then replanting them and keeping them warm afterwards and they'll uh yeah i was just trying to think whether hornbeam is one that needs that cold period or not um that's why you do it. So it's effectively had a winter and it thinks it's spring and it sets the seed. Yeah, it won't it hurt. It, it won't hurt it if you do. No, it won't hurt if you do it, if, whether they need it or not. I, I I would probably go the other route and not bother sowing any seeds at all and just take some cuttings. 
Um, yeah. Be quicker. You can do hardwood cuttings going through, you know, coming up this time, just cut them off, short lengths, bundling them up and... And, for, and forget about it until next year. Leave yeah. them six, seven months at least. Yeah. And then you'll have a plant much quicker through. than that. I can take the cuttings now, can I? Soon, yeah. Wait? You normally wait for the leaves to, to drop, but they normally Which doesn't they really drop, be. does it? No. Well, when they go brown. November, <laughs> November time. Yeah. Um, just take six-inch lengths of... Sharp sand around them? Yeah, a bit of grit, sharp sand. Um, and you don't want the very tip. You want to just look where it, where the wood changes colour. And just take sections of those and bundle them up and about push them in the ground. About eight inches long, and yeah. that'll do the job. Ah, so only I've noticed that a lot of seeds have grown themselves self-sown. Yeah. And uh, but and I've actually put those in pots. And uh, but as you say, they're a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do do the cuttings. I think you'll do a better job, and you'll get your hedge a lot quicker. Wanted to just nip back to emails. Uh, Derek from Leon C said he's been. Uh, cooking and eating apples and he wrapped them in paper and put them in boxes and he's found that the cookers uh, he did this on the 18th September and the 30th September and he's looking at the eaters and the eaters have gone soft now that is, you have to get the right apple some apples yeah. keep and some don't it's no yeah. good putting a Worcester or a Discovery no. in a wrapper and trying to keep it because it will go they soft no russets and things tend you, to go through that's right, cocks they russet. tend to have that rougher rougher skin yeah. to them don't they that, that and they're a later generally a, a later, later thing so I think Derek that is your problem I don't think it is the uh, it's not a problem with the tree it's not the process it, it's, it's, it's the variety. so Derek I hope you heard that answer to your email we go back to the phones to Ron in Wheelie hello Ron uh, uh, good morning I what's left of it there gentlemen um, I've got a Bougainvillea and uh, there's a load of seeds there what's the, is it worthwhile um, trying to grow them depends on how many Bougainvillea you want Depends how many plants you want. Normally, one oh. bougainvillea is enough for anyone. Oh, right, because I have to send them all over the country because all my friends are interested and they want to know the best way of them. It's another one of those. It's worth, it's worth every bit of the try. Um, they, they probably will germinate um, and you'll have lots of uh, little bougainvilleas. Um, it's fun trying, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, flowered twice this year. It's now in front of they, it. It's, um, it's, it's, you know, they've, really, they've really loved this year. They really have. It's been a great year. All right, then. So it's worthwhile doing it, then? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's oh, fun. Yeah. It's fun. fun. What's the best stuff to put them in, the, the seeds? Um, just a, a, nothing that is, uh, or anything that is free-draining and just a light covering um, over the top. Right, OK. So something nice and sandy or gritty rather than a, a, a normal compost. All right. Magic. Thank you, Dan. And just a note, Mark let us know last year we looked at our rhododendron, it looked very sad, unbalanced foliage, generally poor despite the correct growing medium and all the. Cut it hard back, and he means hard. Repose it into John in his ericaceous compost that we go on about, water it with rainwater, left it, and this year the plant has flourished and has a good shape, lots of flower buds for next year. Goes to show how good our advice is that we give on the show and. How it's cruel to be kind. Pat from Colchester. Hello, Pat. Hello, Ken. Talking um, fuchsias. Yes, it's a Lady Boothby. It's a climber, and it's about six feet tall and probably about four feet across. It's absolutely full of bloom, and mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, should I cut it now or leave it until spring because of frost? Well, if you've still got flower and it's still going, I'd leave it and let the frost basically knock it back a bit and then prune down. In the spring? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. That's a pleasure. There you are. That's uh, sorted Pat out. Uh, she's our last caller for the day. And Maz in Cressing says, I've six hydrangea Annabelle, lost five, and the six doesn't look happy. It's about a foot tall. Got an original, she's got it in the original pot up against the wall. Help, what shall I do? Shouldn't be in the original pot, should it? No, no, it's probably just then it would be planted and get a chance to grow, but five out of six is a, not a good success rate. It's not, and I think mainly that's going to be the problem, isn't it? The just, you, you've got to put them out in the heat. And yeah. Annabelle are a superb grower. Yeah. The Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. My plant of the week this week is Eliagnus abingii. Now, uh, it's an interesting family. Uh, it's a family of evergreen and deciduous shrubs up to small trees. Most of them grow about 2.5 metres, maybe up to 4 metres, and 2.5 wide. I mean, they're big things. 
Eliagnus submicrophylla is a large, dense shrub. That's what we're talking about here. It's an evergreen. It's got wide leaves. And they've got a sort of silvery underneath. But the flowers, small, white, small trumpet flowers, fragrant, you wouldn't believe. Nearly like hyacinths. And they flower from now right through the winter. Now, the thing about them is they have got small spikes on them, which are a bit of a nuisance. Not, not many, but you do get spikes growing on them. And I know this because we've just been treating one in one of the gardens that we look after. They are very tolerant plant. They can plant literally anywhere. North, south, east, west. But tolerate dry conditions and definitely do not like wet conditions. They really die off if you give them too much wet. They will sucker sometimes, um, and they're a pretty good plant as a background, as a shrub, as a hedge. You can use them pretty well anywhere. Eliagnus sucker will affect them sometimes, but it's quite rare. Basically, as a shrub, they'll put up with anything. There are several other varieties. There's limelight, gilt edge, and... Coastal Gold, which is a, is a lovely one. So the goldy ones do exist as well. Now, the other thing that's interesting about them is that they produce a fruit. They're developing, trying to develop one that will produce a larger fruit. And you might ask, why? I'll tell you why. Because they actually have found that they contain A, C and E vitamins. So they're working very hard on Eliagnus abingii. The other fascinating thing is, some research has shown that they can use the fruit to produce something that hopefully would work against cancer already in the body. You know, we've all, they reckon, it's got cancer in the body, and they're saying that the, the juice from the fruit could help with that as well. That's another side that they're looking at. And it's funny how we're looking at shrubs more and more that we can extract essence and vitamins from them. So they are Eliagnus abingii. I'm not suggesting you grow them in your garden for getting these vitamins from them, but I'm suggesting you grow it as a good shrub that flowers at this time of the year, giving you a great perfume. Thanks very much for listening to the BPCS's Gardening Hour podcast, and if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, you can download this programme and take it wherever you go via our website, bbc.co.uk slash bbcessex. Next week... Lucy Chamberlain will be looking after the programme. Don't forget, if you have a gardening question for us, why not give us a call on 0800 111 and be part of the programme. Every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11.